So Jasmine just mentioned you guys were both at PAX East that week and a half ago now. Yes. Um, what was that like, Jasmine? You want to tell me about that? It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were no Neg- Ubers, Negative there six with wind chill. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty exciting though. I was my, definitely my first PAX I've ever been to. So I've heard about PAX a lot. You know, I used to follow Penny Arcade a lot. Uh, but that was the first PAX I've ever actually been to. I still don't know what Penny Arcade is. It's they make comics. They make web comics. Okay. About video games. Was that your first time at PAX? It was yes. I yeah. I've been to uh, Comic Con in San Diego, which is like kind of like that, but more broad. More more cosplay. More costumes, I guess. I mean, Comic Con's not like necessarily. Well, there's more people, but it's just it's movies and TV and video games and everything. So this is just video games. Right. Yeah, it definitely had the most amount of people I'd ever like been in like one venue oh. that I've ever been to. What were the uh, what were the booths like? I mean, what type of companies were there? There are a lot. There are a lot of various ones. I mean, there's kind of like the big ones that are have big video games like Nintendo, Bethesda, and right. and uh, Blizzard. Blizzard, yeah. Uh, but then you got the smaller ones, kind of indie game guys, and then you kind of on the outside have a bunch of people who are selling various stuff like D and D dice and and cool stuff like that. Or you got some schools, other things like that that are trying to recruit people into game programs and stuff. It was pretty neat. It was a good variety of stuff. What were some of the? the was there a lot of VR stuff there, or was it mostly sort of console games or uh, computer games, things like that? There was a lot of everything. I'd say maybe like 20, 10, 10 or 20% was VR. I don't know. It's actually uh, higher than I, than I was imagining. I might be, a, I just it might be a little bit of a high estimate. We, we, the, we went out yeah, and actively. We, yeah, we were looking, we were like straight going for VR, but uh, there is a number of them. Yeah, there were more than zero. Yeah, it was <laughs> in the double digits, uh, but like low double digits. Yeah, probably 30 or something, maybe total. Did yeah. Wow statue? I didn't because it was what was it three hundred fifty dollars two hundred fifty dollars, is very but it was a, it's a statue of Illidan Stormrage. It's two feet tall, and for only two hundred fifty dollars, it's like, a pretty good deal. It's like fifteen feet of foot or an yeah. inch or something. Yeah, it looks really nice, um, but you know, it's not worth dollars. it. Yeah, I mean, I I found it kind of interesting that there were some of the people that I was expecting to have VR experiences didn't have any like. I've been excited for a while. Bethesda has been talking about this Vive Fallout 4 thing right, that they're going to yeah. do. And, you know, it wasn't there. And I didn't necessarily expect it to be there, but I thought it would be pretty cool if they were showing that off. Um, seeing how back, PAX is a very, like, you know, gaming convention sort of thing. Uh, but with or without VR, their line was very, very long. What were they? Uh, yeah, that was the thing. All the lines were like, it was, it was hard to kind of get in on anything because the lines are like. Some of the lines were at capacity, so you couldn't even get in line anymore. Oh, you had okay. to wait till the lines were died down to get in line, but they never really died down. So, you, um, and you weren't allowed to like linger around the lines that were at capacity. Yeah, yeah. The, the specifically Bethesda had like like Elder Scrolls Online and a couple other things okay. like that, but not not nothing like crazy new or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had the same experience with uh, like the one thing I really really wanted to try out was the Rick and Morty VR. Yeah. Uh, experience, but well, he's got a uh, a VR company now, right? Didn't, didn't he have like a, a demo for the Vive? Justin like, Roiland has, yeah, he has got a VR company. Um, they were part of the like Cartoon Network. Squatch Tendo, that's no. what it's called. Is, is that separate from the Rick and Morty game, or are they? The Rick and Morty game is made by the same people who make Job Simulator, Alchemy Labs, um, but 
I don't think that he worked on it, no. Besides providing voices, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. I know they worked together to make like a couple of games, VR accounting and stuff like that. Uh, accounting is out. Uh, and I've, I've played it a couple times. It's a little not safe for work, but <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, there, I don't think it, that he was even there. It was just the game. Was there the whole Cartoon Network had a big booth, uh, or was it Cartoon Network or just Adult Swim? It was Adult Swim. Yeah, it was yeah. Adult Swim. But okay. yeah. What were some of the uh, the VR stuff that you guys kind of ran into there? Um, we kind of yeah did a, a first couple of day first first day or so we spent most of our time looking around for like VR experiences to try out and see what everybody had. There were some some pretty cool ones. I, like going into like the VR peripheral sort of thing, one of the ones I thought was interesting was uh, Verzoom, which is like a, it's like a VR like exercise bike, and so okay, um, they had a couple games with it. One of them was like you're riding a horse, uh, and you're trying to like lasso enemies or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I think I've seen that. Do they do they make those games or was that do they just make the bikes? I don't know, but um, because they they're they're pro- they sell the bikes, right? That's like a product you can buy. It. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It it was it was pretty neat though. Yeah, I, it was cool. It, they had a really long line too. It's one burn calories. Yeah, it was one of those things that showed you that like you don't have to get like crazy complex with your peripherals and you don't have to put like a, you know a ridiculous amount of technology into it like a you know completely tracked gun for instance. Um, you can just make a much more immersive VR experience with a simple peripheral that just kind of stands in for... Well, it seems cool because you're kind of bringing um, people from the gaming market into the activity market and people from the activity market into the gaming market, or the, I guess in this case VR, um, in some way. It's like the Wii. Right. Yeah, like I think Wii Sports is like the most sold game of all time or something. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, they also bundled it with the Wii itself, so you bought yeah. it whether or not you wanted to <laughs> but um that's well, a tricky trick they can pull mean uh wee bowling i'll tell you that <laughs> i really like the wee tennis i think it's great and then i like vr i don't even like real tennis but um yeah my favorite one was across from Verzoom. it was it's not a shooter game at all but it's uh what was it called lighting in vr it's like it was just really like nice looking like like calming pleasing little like universe you're in and you like turn mirrors around to solve puzzles with beams of light, um, which is exactly like this one boss in WoW, uh, except he's a giant eyeball, and you turn the mirrors around to shine light into his eyes, so he goes blind. But yeah, pretty cool stuff. What is that? A, is that alive or is that an Oculus thing? Oh, I have believe it was Vive, Oculus, and PSVR. It was all three. They had the whole platforms. Oh, speaking of Vive, there were some cool uh, solutions to having a bunch of Vive uh, setups in that space. Um, some nice little nifty cardboard uh, cutouts around the Vive stations to oh, block so out the light. Confused. Yeah. 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 yeah you can, if you have an object detecting more than two base stations, it'll just freak out. So they were just like blocking off things with curtains and cardboard and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Apparently it worked pretty well. Yeah, it's definitely, and some of them you could tell they had like set that, figured that out that day with like scraps they had laying around their, uh, their station. The, the ultimate uh, screen watching thing you can uh, actually affect someone else's game from, yeah. from yours. <laughs> so speaking of screen watching, uh, um, Samurai Punk was there with a, uh, a game. So they made a game called Screen Cheat a while ago, um, which is a pretty fun game. Essentially, the, the general gist of it is that the only way to... You're, all your characters are invisible, so the only way to win is actually view the other... Like, the only way to kill another character is to view their, their screen <laughs> to see where they are and that sort of stuff. That's great. But they had a... Um, 
they had a pretty cool uh, game there. It was like an American, it was called American Dream or something like that. The American Dream. Yeah. Made by Australians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're Australian uh, uh, companies, so they probably know a lot about the American Dream. What, what was that about? I mean, obviously the American Dream, but uh, it was what like was the a, of the game? A, a 60s like family lifestyle game, it looked like, but you did everything that you needed to do with a gun. Uh, in your hand, like, like a like a pistol. Uh, uh, well, it was like you like made hot dogs with a gun. Yeah, or you know, like you'd... start your car. I don't know if I had that, but like stuff like like basic. You know, it reminded me of I don't know why it reminded me of Octodad, where you're like doing family stuff, but you're an octopus, and you're control. <laughs> you guys heard of that that game? Uh, no. Oh, okay. So Octodad is a game where you like have a wife and kids, but you're an octopus and they're a human. And you have to, like, feed the baby and, like, pour, you know, coffee and stuff like that. But the control, like, you're just, everything's just moving all over the place because you're an octopus. And you can't really control your hands like a human. Uh, so you're, like, doing regular day-to-day stuff. But, you know, like, we, I guess the interaction is weird because you are an octopus. So it reminds me in that way because instead of being an octopus, you have a gun. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. That makes, I don't know. That doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but that's how it feels. Yeah, that one, I didn't actually get to play that, but it looked pretty neat. Um, they weren't the only uh, game company that I had known of before, though. There were a couple other ones that I'd heard before that had different games. In particular, um, Servios, who were the guys who made Raw Data. Oh, yeah. Um, they had a new game uh, where it was kind of essentially like a whole proof of concept for different types of locomotion. And so they were using this kind of, it was a racing game kind of where you would you would pull the world your way it's kind of like the lab well no it wasn't in the labs it it was it's a completely separate game of their own um, that they they specifically made Um, and you uh, like if you want to uh, walk it's essentially like you do like a skiing type motion you kind of grab the world and just uh, pull back and forth um, for like you're essentially pulling the world towards you it's pretty much exactly how walking is like when I'm dreaming I don't know if you guys have, like, that's, like, literally, you're, like, trying to trying to move in your dream, and you're, like, let me just move this whole... I've yeah. had a couple dreams like yeah, that. Yeah, I have that all the time. That's interesting. It, it shows that there's still, like, a lot of innovation going on with locomotion, and nobody's mm-hmm. standardized it yet. Right. What? How far can you really go with a weird type of motion without making someone go get motion sick? Yeah, I know, like, for mobile and stuff, it's, it's very... Uh... Uh, you point, you know, towards something, and you gaze, and then maybe you can walk towards it, or you like you hit a button, and then you start walking for pretty much indefinitely until you hit another button to stop. Um, so. Really, if everyone just played games as if they were in a wheelchair, it'd be pretty easy. To sell well, that. There was. Um, I think a wheelchair game would be really fun because it wouldn't break your immersion because you'd be sitting. And you just be moving around like you, Star like you do. Star made a game like that. They made a Walking Dead version where they had a little shotgun and they had you were in a wheelchair and you had to like you were being pulled back or whatever and you had to you were being pulled and there was some other NPC character that was you know pulling you around yeah. um, and you had to like shoot zombies while you're you're running away from them. Not to mention for people actually in wheelchairs, they can totally get into that full experience. For yeah. Uh, so there yeah. any other? Um, I guess now that. We've been to, to PAX East, or you guys have at least. Um, what's kind of next as far as, are, are there any other, is there like a West uh, version of the PAX East? Or, I, I guess the GDC happened I think there are. I think there are four PAXs total. There's PAX East, PAX South, which is in 
I don't remember what it is. I this think is in southern guess US. The other, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There's PAX Australia. Oh, okay. And then totally there's three off there. Uh, yeah, and then there's PAX Prime or PAX West, the original PAX. Okay. Is um, that in Seattle? Uh, no, it's in uh, yeah, it's in Seattle. Yeah. Um, that's because that's where Penny Arcade is based out of. Um, yeah, there's GDC, a bunch of other things like that. I've, besides Oculus Connect, like PAX is the only other um, large, like large game convention expo that I've been to up until this point uh, but pretty excited to go to a few more part of the experience is different I guess going from Oculus Connect which is a, I assume a lot of developers right yeah and then PAX is you know you got more consumers there I suppose yeah Oculus Connect was really interesting it was um, yeah much more developers people talking from the technical side of playing a game not just playing a game you know there's there's really developers and press were like the two main people there are no there. like vendors there right like no yeah like PAX is a very huge part of PAX is like people selling their crafts yeah it was a lot more structured than that there was like maybe less than 50 different types more, of games it's more of a conference demo. than a convention yeah yeah exactly you pretty much have the opportunity to go and try everything which there's you couldn't possibly try everything at PAX unless you had like a Groundhog Day sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Or if you're an exhibitor, you can get in. Yeah. Get in early, which we definitely want to be an exhibitor in the future at PAX or some other similar thing. Yeah, definitely next year. I think would be something we should look at. Um, yeah. Seems like a really cool experience. We had one guy ask us if we were if we were exhibiting. He saw our shirts. Uh, yeah, I, well, I yeah, some guy just saw our shirts and read off, and he was like, "Hey, oh, Alien VR, you guys have an exhibit?" And we're like, "No." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've got nice shirts now, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they uh uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that we wanted to get a um a booth next time and an exhibit after talking to you know some of our we got uh, some good friends that were demoing this time uh, Null Space VR okay. for their uh, product Hardlight VR. It's like a a VR vest, haptic vest, oh, give you right, all the feedback. Yeah. They just actually succeeded in their Kickstarter campaign, so congratulations to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. their booth was hopping. They had a lot of, a huge line every time we went by. What were they demoing uh, on with the, the best game? They had, they had two games. They had one that was um, like their standard demo that they have, which was like a desert. Like you got a bunch of um, scorpions coming after you, and you shoot, you know, with the Vive controllers, and they simulate recoil on your forearms because you know you shoot a gun and it kind of pushes your wrist back and the forearm feels it yeah. so that's what they do is they 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 um make it vibrate and special where they have like a haptic engine and stuff like that to on your forearms but also if you're playing and you get shots so like if you shoot yourself or they would let another player grab a, a vibe controller and point at you and shoot mm-hmm. you feel all of that across oh, your chest so cool. it yeah. reminds me of uh do you remember the uh, Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy, with all like the uh, the scarab beetles and things like that? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind of like that, yeah. I bet they can have a, a cool experience like that too. I mean, one of the scorpions in it was like huge, like yeah. like size of a truck. And then their other game was made by some developer. There's not them. I don't remember. Yeah, it looked like a partnered game. Uh, something that they they, they had... told us about it too. I just. I totally forgot forgot yeah, the name, um, but it was really cool. It was like kind of a samurai type of game where you would go around and and, and destroy. You're in this kind of Japanese village or, or or palace or whatever, and you would use your samurai sword and it kind of in the same way when you um, go and swipe against uh, like a, an enemy or something, you kind of feel a little bit of reverberation because of the right. the forearm uh, actuators. Now, is that best uh, wired or is that wireless? Uh, I think it's wired. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Just curious about like the power needs on that. Yeah, I think they have a USB port. Uh, I'm not, you know, 100% sure on everything, but I'm pretty sure I saw it. Uh, like wired with a USB port on the back, so yeah. it's possible that it, it is wireless and they just left it charging the whole yeah. time because of how long they're doing it. Yeah, like maybe those are demo units or something. Yeah. That, as opposed know. to the product that they're releasing for the Kickstarter. No, I'm sure any... an interested person could find out. Yeah. <laughs> did you see any of those um, any treadmills there or? Uh, I don't think there was any treadmills. Yeah, I, I I don't remember any uh, treadmills there. As far as I know, the the market for VR treadmills is like pretty hard to get. It's yeah. a it's I a know. seller's market, definitely. Right. Now, Oculus was there demoing a ton of different games, and like you could wait in line and hop in one of their little booths. But I don't think they had any. Well, I think they any... were kind of like in a like VR area. Like I don't yeah. even know if it was Oculus. Oh, well, I guess it was. There was, cause it was yeah, because the they had their logo and everything all over it. But they had Vive stuff in that same area as well. So but I didn't were see any treadmills. Concentrated areas of VR companies, or were they sort of spread out? Oh, they were very spread. Yeah. Uh, they were concentrated space. in the sense that like you'd see two or three together. I think we saw two or three together. Like the the ones from Australia were all together. Yeah, they were that because was they the, were from Australia, not because they were VR. Yeah, that was um, like the Australia Roadshow, Pax Australia. Yeah, and then Verzoom was across from the Lighting In guys and a couple other guys, but generally they were spread. Yeah, there was a big like kind of area um, where Oculus was, and there was like big vibe. It was a pretty big area, but it was explicitly just for people to try out random demos of. Mm-hmm. But it was like honestly like a oh you've never tried VR before wait in line for 45 minutes and you get a 10 minute or 20 minute experience in these little booths. So it was big, but it wasn't like anybody selling a particular thing. Right. It was just like, here's VR set up here. Yeah, it was similar to their main like big like PC arena they have in there where you can wait in line and get on a really nice gaming PC and play for 45 minutes of like whatever game they have. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the developers aren't necessarily there. They just have games for you to play. And what's the deal with this, uh, this shell games? I expect you to die. I've heard of this game. Um, yeah, they were there. Um, shell games is like a pretty popular um, indie game studio. They make like a bunch of licensed stuff, but uh, they're and they're based in Pittsburgh. But they they made a game like a while ago called I Expect You to Die. And I think it honestly, it might have been on the Oculus DK1, but it was definitely on the, the DK2. And I, I, I played it on the DK2. And it's essentially like you know, like a classic escape the room game. Like, uh, you know, you, if you play it on like Flash or something like that, it's like, oh, you click this thing and, and oh, you find a screw and you find a mm-hmm. screwdriver and you, it's the same thing, but you know, the, I only played, I've only played the first level, but you're in a car and you're in like, it's like a James Bond type oh, world. Oh, I played that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like you've, you've, you're a secret agent and you're trying to, in the first level, get out of this secret agent car mm-hmm. and, and take it out and play and steal it. And uh, there's stuff like, dynamite in it and like gas canisters like for tear gas and stuff yeah that was one of the first VR games that I've played where um, it actually it was really intuitive and, and almost like unexpectedly so because um, I think the first game I played was maybe Dreadhalls I think Dreadhalls was the first one I played too yeah, yeah. so besides the like the Oculus, Oculus like yeah the weird walking the around Tuscany that house demo, yeah. which is beautiful but there wasn't really a game yeah I think you could actually like uh you, Dreadhalls is revolver and stuff. Not yeah, that intuitive. You, you, you can get the knife and then hold hold the revolver and stuff. It's actually um, much better with like actual controllers. When I played it first, when I first played it, you just use the Xbox controller, or whatever the mouse, and you go click the things. But actually going out and grabbing the thing is much. It's much easier to handle and it's much more intuitive. Yeah, I'm sure that's great on the on the touch now. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it's on the Vive yet, but um, I'm sure you can. People use Revive and other things like that. Yeah. Speaking of things that are better with 
The controllers. Can you play um, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes with the touch? I don't know. Because I feel like it'd be a lot better. We should revisit that game. Well, you might. There might be a lot of problems where you like accidentally click something. That makes it better, though. <laughs> it's more realistic. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've never... Uh, Mistakes are high. There, were, there was a Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes um, competition there, like a championship, a tournament. Yeah, we should have done that. Yeah. We're very good at that game. But I don't know what the prize was, but I should go I look it up so I regret yeah, not put yeah. going in. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you guys see there? Anything? Anything? Uh, cosplay everywhere. There's uh, lots of uh, Overwatch. Probably ninety percent of the cosplay is Overwatch, but it's very good. There's this life-sized Reinhardt who's like this. Well, how, how tall was it? Like nine feet tall? A little more than that, probably. Yeah, probably, like yeah nine or ten. Nine or ten foot tall guys. Like it was. I mean. I think yeah. this is this guy's done it before. I think he was at BlizzCon. It's pretty impressive. Probably seen it over the internet. Offenders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you spend that much time and money on a cosplay, you better go to more than one convention with it. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. I wonder how you get that on an airplane, though. Yeah, I mean, you probably got to ship it. Yeah. If you guys went uh, in cosplay next time, what would your costumes be? Um. <laughs> I just wear a vibe headset. <laughs> just be blind the whole time. No, I actually said this while we were there. I would cosplay as as Reaper from Overwatch, um, and I would get a voice modifier, and no one would know that I'm a girl. And then I would take it off, and they would be like, "Oh, that's weird." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty <laughs> exciting. I think I would like next year, whatever events we go to, I'm going to be excited to see kind of how the market share of VR as you know as it relates to the gaming industry as a whole, mm-hmm. um, how it increases because we saw maybe twenty or thirty VR. Expos here, you know, I don't know what percentage of that ends up to, but I, th- I have a feeling that, you know, over the next few years, it's only going to go up. <laughs>